Hey everybody, it's Aldo Gandhi, and I just want to let you know really quickly that our swag shop is reopened. DeepDishTees.com is where you go, and that's tees with T-E-E-S. Clever name, guys. They're the new home of our merchandise. You can get t-shirts, you can get caps, you can get coffee mugs, you can get hoodies, you can get all sorts of good stuff, and you'll help out the bar room with the purchase. So head over to DeepDishTees.com. Get an in-depth preview of the Chicago Bears' next opponent and John Buffone's passionate rants on Buffone 55 Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Central. with Greg Gabriel Talks Football. And let me get the graphic off the screen so you can see Greg's pretty face and my ugly one. <laughs> Greg, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good. I'm always good on a Monday after a win. Yeah, how about it? It is a totally different feeling than the one last week. Now, we didn't have a show last Monday, which is probably a good thing, but we did talk about that awful defeat against the Cleveland Browns on Wednesday. This was considerably different. What do you think was the number one factor that led to such an impressive performance against the Lions? Well, part of it is you, there's several things. Part of it is you're, you're, you're watching the film and why did they make the mistakes that they made last week? And then you go into practice and you correct those mistakes. Some of them you correct right in the, in, in the film room the day after the game. Uh, you're playing at home. You're always going to play better. Hopefully, you're going to play better at home. Uh, It was a second start for Justin Fields. Probably felt a little bit more comfortable. Uh, The the way the flow of the game changed, you had a different play caller in there. Um, And they they went more, the laser goes more with a running game. And I think that was part of the game plan anyway. And let's clear up one thing because I've read some stuff on Twitter and and, you know, it says, you know, laser set up his game plan a lot differently than Nagy was. There's fallacy to that. What, what laser did was call the plays. The game plan, that sheet that you see that, that Nagy has and, and, and laser has one up in the box, that's put together by the entire offensive staff. 
Okay, and that starts this afternoon. They're gonna they're gonna start working on the game plan for the Raiders this afternoon by breaking down film. Different coaches have have different uh, jobs during this early part of the week, and you know Juan Castillo is also the run game coordinator. So he's working on the, you know, he's looking at the front seven of the Raiders and thinking, okay, this one will work, this one won't work, this is what we can do, this is what we can't do. They put it all together and then they come up with certain plays and down and distance. Everything is is uh, determined by down and distance, mm-hmm. and they have a set of plays for each down and distance group. So to say that it was Lasers' game plan and it wasn't Nagy's game plan is false. Mm-hmm. It's the coach's game plan. Now, how Laser calls a game, I think is totally different than how Nagy calls a game. Mm-hmm. But he's calling them off the sheet, and the sheets would have been the same no matter who was calling the place. Yeah, that is absolutely uh, correct. I mean, Matt Nagy said it today, and he said it yesterday. He was a bit, sounded a bit defensive when he was uh, answering questions about who did the play calling and so forth. He wanted to, to every reporter to make sure that they knew that he approves everything and uh, says he doesn't want to talk about who's calling the plays anymore. Did you did you hear that? And did you find it a bit odd that he was he sounded def- you know when he said that yesterday after the game? After the game. No, yeah. I don't I, I never listened to that. Those are too emotional. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> one 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 way or the other. Right. But you know I I He's getting hammered all week. So I, I get it that he's going to be a little bit emotional. Yeah. You know, so everybody's got an ego. Everybody's got sensitivity to him. And, you know, I've been in the building. I know how these things work, you know, and, and putting together game plans and stuff. And I know it's not one guy. Right. Yeah. One so, guy has the final say. Right. No, somebody not. There was stuff during the week I was reading again on Twitter and, and Twitter is just so full of shit. <laughs> but and, and, and I got a, actually a couple pet peeves about Twitter, but we might may or may not get into those okay. <laughs> in, in the course of this conversation. All right. But. And now I forgot what I was even saying. I, there was, let's go on to the next thing. All right. There, you were going to say that there was something on Twitter that really irked you. So I don't know if that will jog the memory. But why don't we start talking about the, the first drive by the Chicago Bears. Matt Nagy and the Chicago Bears elect to receive the ball, even though they won the coin toss. And this is, I was reading Brad Biggs' column. This was like only the second time in Matt Nagy's career as head coach that he elected to receive the ball when he won the coin toss. And so they have what I thought was a perfectly scripted uh, opening series to get the ball in the end zone. And so you'll see here the very first play was a run play to Montgomery for positive yards, first down, I believe it was, very close to it. And then after that, it's the the pass uh, on a third down and five, it was short, Greg, but then they 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 gut, gutted it out on a fourth and one, and they get pick up the first down again. With you tweeted out that this offensive line deserved a lot of credit for their play. Yeah, they did. The, the you, you had four hundred yards of total offense, mm-hmm. one hundred and eighty eight yards on the on the ground. That happens because the offensive line's doing their job, right? You know, and I I rewatched little more than three quarters of the game uh, this morning. Uh, 
I realized there were plays when they they were driving their guy. There were singular guys driving their guy three and four yards off the line. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent job overall. The pass protection overall was pretty good. I think a couple of sacks they had were were more on. Uh, you know, some there, there were some blitzes, and and you're gonna because you got a rookie quarterback. There's gonna be a lot of blitzing by the opponent right. to, confu- con- to uh, confuse the quarterback. But some others, those were on, on fields. Those mm-hmm. weren't on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. You know, and I go back, I, I, before, when we were off air, I, I charted some of the, some of the throws mm-hmm. and, and this is, you know, starting in, in the, uh, in the second quarter, I think there was a, in the second quarter, there was a third and eight from the bears seven yard line. Okay, this is after they had made one of those stops. They had the ball in, in, inside their own 10. And on third and seven, he has A-Rob wide open in the slot. He mm. just got to take, boom, throw it right away. Get mm. the ball out of his hand. It would have been a first down. Yeah. Um, instead, he waits because he was looking for the big play mm. down the right sideline. He waits and he gets hit as he's throwing the ball. Right. Ball's incomplete. No damage done on that play, mm-hmm. but the experienced quarterback is going to get the ball out, especially when they're, you know, backed up inside the 10 yard line. He's mm-hmm. going to get the ball out of his hand right away. Right. Okay. And, and there was another blemish in Justin Fields' play. Overall, of course, we, we're all very happy with his performance, but uh, this fumble was a, could have been a very costly one. Uh, great hustle on his part to retrieve the loose ball. I'm not sure. Yes. Not sure what Peters was doing there, looking at the ball, taking a picture of it. But uh, great job by uh, Justin Fields to recover and uh, pick up the fumble. But again, he kind of holds the ball a little loosey goosey when he starts to scramble out. Yeah, and he holds the ball too long, and that's not uncommon from a rookie quarterback. Right. So I, I'm trying not to criticize, but more. And, and this is where, where film study comes in. So they come in, whether they do it today or they do it tomorrow, usually when they win, they have Mondays off. So they, they come in tomorrow and, and they're looking at the tape. And like that, that play I, I pointed out to about A-Rob just a minute ago, quarterback coach and the offensive coordinator go, see, he's there. Get the ball out of your hand. And then it becomes a learning thing. Because I'm saying to myself, as I'm watching the game, now throw it. Mm-hmm. And the, the same thing on the interception he was um, just staring down Mooney, mm-hmm. held mm-hmm. on to the ball. He, he should have thrown the ball half a second, split second, quarter of a second sooner to Mooney, would have had about a 12-yard gain, and the ball never would have got tipped. Okay, he had, he, uh, right. you know, so just situations like that. Another play, he threw an incompletion and was getting hit when he threw the incompletion trying to, hit Goodwin coming across on a crossing route. The only guy he looked at was Goodwin mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Goodwin gets knocked off the route by the middle linebacker as he's coming across the middle. Let's slowed him up a little bit. Fields was waiting for him to uncover again. In the meantime, Komet's coming from the other side from left to right, wide open would have been a first down. Yeah. So, again, he'll see it when he, goes over the tape. And then in the drive where they got the field goal, he tries the deep ball, really wasn't that far, only a 15, 18-yard pass or whatever, mm-hmm. to combat the corner of the end zone that was a third and eight or a third and seven. 
and he had a Rob coming across all by himself. Right. That wouldn't have been a touchdown, but kept the drive alive. And, and it gave him an opportunity, number one, to use more clock, number two, to get seven instead of three. Yeah. I was uh, seated in the end zone at yesterday's game and I'm recalling in my memory, I'm seeing those plays because I recall those exact plays that you, you are referring to now, uh, on Twitter over the last several weeks, you've been very critical of the Detroit Lions, and I think we all noticed yesterday why, because they really helped the Chicago Bears win this game. For instance, this play here, uh, and this is Frank Ragnow, who is considered one of the best centers in the conference. He gets rid of the ball too quickly, and it hits uh, golf in the nuts or something, and it bounces, and the Bears get a turnover in the red in the Lions' red zone area. <laughs> it's incredible. Right, and, and then they two other ones. Mm-hmm. Fourth down, they're down 14 nothing. Mm-hmm. Instead of getting some points, mm-hmm. they go for it on fourth down and don't get the touchdown. I think this That's is the one. one. Is that this play coming up here? Right, this is it. Okay. 44 gets his hand on the ball, they get nothing. Okay, but now the one that's even more important is the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah uh, they're down 10. They're in they're in the red zone. It, mm-hmm. It's what is it, fourth down inside the 10 yard line again? Yes, and it's really the final time they had the ball. Right. And they instead of kicking the field goal, mm-hmm. they go for it. Now you're still down two scores. Yes. Exactly. You kick the field goal, you're down one score. Stop the Bears, you got a chance to tie the game. Right. Dan you know, that, that is a huge coaching error on Campbell's part. Exactly. You can understand why, you know, the Lions are in the process of rebuilding, so they got to rebuild their roster and so forth. So you can understand, you know, th- them not having the athletic talent to compete against the better teams. But those coaching decisions were just atrocious. I mean, that can get you fired, right? Except in Chicago, I guess. <laughs> just kidding, Greg. <laughs> just kidding. Greg. I had to, well, you know, Campbell, I, you know, I was, when I was with the Giants, we drafted Campbell. And I was only with him two Is that years. Right? Yeah, then I was only with him two years, and then we came here. I came mm-hmm. here. So, uh, and the, the funny thing about it is that as a rookie, he didn't say a freaking word. Is that right? Not a, he's, he's a rookie. Mm hmm. Stayed in the corner, kept his mouth shut, didn't talk. Yeah, I, I've heard him talk more since he's been a head coach than I did in two full years. <laughs> and those are just on clips. Uh, well, I, I love his kind of bravado attitude towards the game. But, man, he, he proved to us when it comes down to making coaching decisions, he's overly aggressive. Uh, I, I can understand going for it on fourth down, but you got to play – the odds there and the odds are kick the field goal and be down by seven as opposed to going for it on fourth down and potentially being down by 10. It just doesn't make any sense. How much time was on the clock? Not much. What? Three minutes, Right. maybe less than three minutes. You still had to get two scores. If you don't make it. Mm -hmm. Okay. The other way you need one score. Yeah. I mean that that's elementary football one-on-one. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I wanted to point out uh, three pass plays that happened in the third quarter where uh, Justin Fields just looked magnificent with his uh, accuracy and long ball threat. I mean, he he is really is an accurate deep ball passer. This one here, uh, and I was reading Brad Biggs' 10 Thoughts, which is must must read for a- any football fan. It's, it's out on Mondays. He said, Brad thought this was uh, Justin's best throw of the game. 
this is this one to a rob over the middle just right on the button right there beautiful throw now there's a I'll, I'll wait to show all of them there's a common dom, denominator in every one of those throws okay no i no i take that back that one wasn't but that's a great throw there too oh my goodness yeah uh that's hard to pick between the a rob throw and that one and i believe this one is the next uh, the third one in the third quarter Again, just super, super throw. Oh, my goodness. So um, the common two of those were play action. Yes. One of them out of the I formation. <laughs> Greg. Yeah, no, they're, 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 and the play action will will slow down the pass rush a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because they get and especially because they were, you know, everything goes together. They're mm -hmm. running the ball good. 188 mm -hmm. yards rushing. So now the linebackers have to honor that play action. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that was part of what we missed in the Cleveland game. You know, they, as Brad Biggs uh, wrote in his column, they used a lot of four or five receiver sets in, in Cleveland trying to spread the defense out. And that left the offensive line five on five or five on four to block. And they just couldn't get the job. So how about five on how about five on six? Yeah, and you had over, you had overloads. Yes. <laughs> okay, and and you're not gonna you're not gonna win that. Right. And they they got behind on the down and distance almost every single drive against Cleveland. They they didn't have a chance. And, and I mean, you can adjust when you see that, but by that time, it just the momentum of the game had gone completely away from the Bears. And again, we're talking about Cleveland, but it was good to see that they make made the adjustments against the Detroit Lions. And uh, they, they really, I mean, it, the game really wasn't as close as the score made it seem. It was those, those late scores in the fourth quarter. But was there anything about the Bears' defensive play that concerned you? Um, they gave up, well, first of all, Akeem Hicks goes out on the first play of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, he he made a hustle play to get, make the tackle on that run, but he pulled a groin or strained a groin at the same time. Because if you notice, if you go back and watch the replay, he grabs it right away when he gets up. Yes. And uh, then he, he walks off the field. He's done for the day. Now, whether he's going to be good to go next week or not, who knows? But you finally had Eddie in there. And a key which which theoretically should do a good job stopping the run, and you lose one of those big guys right off the bat. Um, I think it was a good game plan that Detroit had to try to run, especially after Hicks went out. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they they used some clock. They got some big uh, runs during the course of the game. <coughs> Excuse me. Um. But their passing game was inconsistent. Mm -hmm. it, it was. And now I want you to talk about some of the standouts on defense. One player that I really want to do a shout out to is Duke Shelley, who we've all been on, but he had his best game as a bear. And well, don't forget, he didn't play the first game now. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> he wasn't even... That was Mark. And, and, and you know, that, that was, I, I, I think going back and I, I could be wrong because we talked about this that that one deep play that they they gave up in that first game Christian had passed him off to a safety mm -hmm. the safety didn't pick up the guy now one he had one of those yesterday and mm -hmm. this time it was Dion Bush who didn't pick up a guy yes 
Yeah. Okay. And and you had the the deep play. All told, Bush didn't play badly. Right. But he blew a coverage on that one. Yeah. And again, this play here is huge because if this play is completed, it's 14 to nothing. I doubt the safety is going to come over and make the tackle, given how poor safety tackling has been with the Bears this season. But if he doesn't make this play, this is a touchdown. It becomes a 14 to seven. I don't know if, I don't know if it's a touchdown because who's that right there? Is that That's Bush, isn't it? That's Bush. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Bush has, got, Bush has got the angle right there. Yeah, but it's so. the DBs have not been tackling well for the for the Bears. Either way, it, w- it was a great play for Duke Shelley and, and necessary. I really wanted to shout him out. I think you tweeted out that Alec Ogatree had a, had a good game too. What, was, what were your thoughts on? No, that wasn't that wasn't my tweet. I don't think. Okay, he had a good play. He had a good play on that when he got that tip ball on the fourth down mm-hmm. and, and into the end zone. He got up in the air for that. But I, I think Ogletree has played the best since he's been a Ram, mm-hmm. and that goes back a little bit. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. you know, and and. You know, because he, he left the Rams in free agency or got traded or something with a couple of teams and really just didn't play well. Mm-hmm. And he's rejuvenated his career here. I don't know if Danny Trevathan is going to get back on the field when he is ready to play. Right, right. Uh, Don Burr, who is a, uh, a ardent uh, Detroit Lions fan, he stops by and visits every, every once in a while. He said that Dan Campbell, after the game, said in so many words that three points wouldn't have cut it with his roster. So he had to be aggressive, which is why. Yeah, of course, he's going to say that. I don't agree with that. You, yeah. you got to go with the odds. Yeah, you have to. The odds, the odds say you take the three points and now you're down one score. Right. It's basically admitting we weren't going to win anyway. Is that you've, seen ga- you've seen games, I've seen games, so I'm sure you have, mm-hmm. where teams will kick a field goal on second or third down, mm-hmm. where, they're, where they're backing around the 30-yard line yep. to get within sevens and, and then hope the defense makes a stop and they get the ball back. Right. You've got to take that three points. Uh, yep, yeah, I, I'm with you 100%. Toreen Whitfield wants to know, why does Matt Nagy want Andy Dalton to start so bad? He's not a winning Super Bowl quarterback. What are your thoughts? Well, is Justin Fields? No, nope. Okay, I mean we have seen the mistakes. I pointed out some of the bad throws. Uh, now, here, here's one of the things I saw. I, I said it last week during the, you know you read those comments that come up that people tweet in during the presser. Yes. At the bottom. Okay, so mm-hmm. I'm reading some of those, and some idiot says Andy Dalton can't make a 65 yard throw. Well, I got news for this guy. How about in 2020, 69, 54 yard completions. 2019, 66, 55, 52. 2018, he had none over 50. He had eight over 30. 2017, 77, 70, 67, 59. Mm -hmm. He has got seven completions in his career over 80 yards. No, he can't throw the ball 60 yards. Mm -hmm. So my... Michael Diaz says, why why not give Justin Fields the reps? He's the future of the team. Why not get him in there as quickly as possible? Because they want to win. You don't think I, they can- I get I get it. They they want to win and, and he and first of all, I don't believe Andy Dalton can play this week. Now, okay, but this is part of the gamesmanship they're going through. Right. They they listed him as limited in practice last week and then on Saturday, doubtful. Right. He was doubtful on Monday. Absolutely. Okay. He he's probably doubtful this week. Now, if uh, Dr. Chow's right, and Dr. Chow 
didn't write all the time, but he probably write 80% of the time. <laughs> he said that's a four-week minimum, four-week injury. Yeah, so he won't be ready this week either. I mean, it's 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 highly doubtful he'll be ready this week. Right, but why do you want to tell the Raiders that? Oh, I understand, but I don't you think that the Raiders know the games? I mean, John Gruden is not an idiot. He knows these games that, that Nagy is playing. But he, do, he doesn't know exactly about the injury and the thing, so he's got to prepare – He's got to be prepared for both. Mm -hmm. So do at this point, if let's say if Andy Dalton was a hundred percent healthy, do you, how much more do you think he gives the bears a chance to win a game against the Raiders than Justin Fields does? I think, and I'm being totally honest because I agree with what everybody says. Justin Fields is the future, but given just those throws I said. Mm -hmm. Andy Dalton completes all those throws mm -hmm. yesterday. Now, could he? was he going to make some of those deep throws that 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 uh, Fields. Fields hit right on the money? Maybe not. So, I mean, th th there's some give and take. Okay. But the experience factor comes into it. Don't forget, this guy's been to the Pro Bowl several times. He's been to the playoffs several times. Mm -hmm. And I'm not – you know, jumping on the back of Matt Nagy or jumping on the back of Andy Dalton. Mm -hmm. You know, I know what it's like to sit in that office after you lose. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I know what it's like if you got a gun to your head that you got to win and you want to give yourself the best chance to win. Okay. Justin Fields had his turnaround from that. That says a lot about Justin Fields. His turnaround from last week to this week. Mm -hmm. after that disaster last week was remarkable. Yes. And that says a lot about him. Tells you he has a short memory and he played good, but he's still a rookie quarterback that's going to make rookie mistakes and that's a game on the road. Mm -hmm. And who knows what, you know, I got I got some neighbors of mine, were neighbors of mine, they lived like three doors away, they moved out to Vegas mm -hmm. 3 weeks ago. They said there's always tickets available. Yeah. yeah, you know, so I imagine there's going to be, you know, a, a good chunk of of Bears fans there, but yeah. still, it, it it's going to be in adverse uh, conditions on the road. You got a uh, two hour time limit from you know difference from between what you have here. Who gives you the better chance? Now, I think no matter what, if if, if first of all, I don't think Andy's going to play next week. But mm -hmm. let's say he does. Justin Fields is going to play at least a third of the game. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And Justin Fields is going to play in every game going forward, even if Andy's healthy. Okay. That's what they're trying to do. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, they're not, they don't want to overload him. Right. Um, Adeptus. Well, you can disagree. I mean, and that, that's fine. That's sure. just I, what I'm, I'm throwing my dart at the wall, and that's what I think it is. Okay. Adeptus has an interesting point here. He says stylistic differences between the quick passing game, which is what Andy Dalton does, and play action, deep dimes, require very different coverage schemes, making the other team simply waste film time. So that's a no-brainer. I think what he's saying is in support no question. of what you've, what you've said is don't don't give them, you know, don't don't tell them who's going to start. Let them waste the time. Don't Don't – Try to say that Andy can't throw the deep ball because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he can throw the deep ball. Just put on the the, the stuff from last year in Dallas, mm -hmm. okay? Yeah. And 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 it, oh, he's too old. He's thirty three. Well, how old's Tom Brady? Yeah, 
Right. He's 10 years older. Right, right. Okay. How old's Aaron Rodgers? He's five years older. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I saw enough of Dalton last year against uh, with the Dallas Cowboys to know that he can throw a good deep ball. You know, uh, now uh, I think Justin Fields has the arm strength that could be in the top five or seven in in the NFL. Um, but easy, yeah, easy. It might it might be in the, you know, he might be up there with with uh, Josh Allen mm-hmm. on velocity and, and and overall arm strength. He might have a better arm than than Mahomes, mm-hmm. he, but what he doesn't have, and again, I keep going back because a lot of it's experience, is the quick boom, mm-hmm. get it out of your hand. He's mm-hmm. slow getting out of his hand. He's slow seeing things, and that that'll come with experience. Mm-hmm. So um, your your expectations for this week are probably that the Dalton will still not be ready to go, and that Justin Fields will play quarterback. So. What happens based on your experience in the NFL? What now happens with the game plan? You told us that each of the position coaches and the coordinators are all going to uh, chime in on what works, uh, what doesn't work, and so forth. Are there any further adjustments that have to be made given Justin Fields' relatively young NFL uh, career? Well, some's going to determine on what happens to the Raiders tonight. Oh yeah, that's right. They play tonight. Absolutely. They play tonight, so they they're on a short week and they're on the road. Mm-hmm. Not a big road game, as far as you know. They're they're L.A. to Las Vegas. Hell, they could drive it in three hours. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it's it's still a night game on the road, so they're missing you know one day of recovery. Uh, it's one day less preparation they have getting ready for the Bears same time the bears have one less day of preparation really because they don't have the full book of games you, you know they get the that game they have all the game film this morning right you know from the because it's all digitized mm-hmm. so they're not going to get the tape of of tonight's game until tomorrow morning right. guarantee you there's if if the coaching staff isn't watching it some of those quality control guys and stuff will be watching and taking mm-hmm. notes as to exactly what's going on because mm-hmm. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday are, are late nights in the office right. for the coaching staff. And, and tonight and tomorrow night are probably the latest nights. You're probably talking 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock before you get, get a chance to go home. Mm-hmm. Well, a, a big news from Sunday's game is the fact that David Montgomery got injured and it appears like it's not a season ending injury, but uh, it's likely that he might miss at least one game against the Raiders. And well, they haven't come up with anything new on since the presser, right? That is correct. Not uh, okay. I'll do a quick fact, but I, I believe you are right. Okay, they, they ruled out an uh, ACL yesterday. Right. They probably did it. I think they got an MRI machine at the stadium. Now they might have taken a MRI yesterday too. They probably know a lot more than they're saying. Yes. Um, I'm sorry. Go ahead, please. If it's an MCL, you know, that could be five weeks, four mm-hmm. weeks, especially for a running back, mm-hmm. you know, because of all the cutting you do. Right. You know, so now it's, you got to put the load on Damian Williams. And, and, he suffered, and he suffered a quad injury late in the game. Probably a, a bruise. I would say based on experience, he should be okay with that. Okay. 
I would say that he's going to be limited Wednesday, may even be limited Thursday mm-hmm. while that heals. Mm-hmm. And they're probably icing the heck out of it mm-hmm. as we speak. Um, <laughs> and then could be full go- uh Khalil will have will be full goal if uh, Montgomery's going to be out a few weeks. It wouldn't be a bit surprised if he goes on IR, mm-hmm. and then they bring up Nall, and then based on that, they have worked out some running backs early in the year. But I, I think my gut feeling is because he knows the offense and he played pretty good in the preseason. Season was they they bring back. Uh, Pierce and put him on the practice squad. Right. Yeah. That that's my guess too. I mean, you're you're a fan of Artavius Pierce based on my recall from uh, doing shows last year. Uh, and, he, and he had a strong preseason. So yeah, he did. It, 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 I mean, that was one of the things that I you know Ryan Pace was kind of bragging about the depth on this team and 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 that the running back position he was absolutely correct. Um, and so. With Nall and Pierce on the practice squad, those are two good players that can, you know, if you need both of somebody's them. Somebody's coming. Somebody's coming up. Yeah, and I, I would guess I would guess Nall because Nall can play on specials. Right. Right. Okay. So, um, but I, I'm anticipating that that Montgomery's going to be out a few weeks, mm-hmm. and if he's going to be out a few weeks, he may have to go down on IR. Yeah. Which would be smart. Um, from an injury standpoint, uh, Akeem Hicks left the game early with that groin injury. This doesn't look good for Akeem Hicks, does it, Greg? I mean, he you know he played 15 games last season. He started 15 games, but the year prior to that, he only started five, and he's getting up there in age. I think he's going to be 32 in November. Uh, what, what's your gut feel? And the Bears have not reached a, a, a contract extension with him. I think smartly. And why, so. Yeah. No, and they're not going to. Yeah. You know, that you would do a Rob before you, you're going to do Akeem Hicks. Yes. And Akeem oh. Hicks is important in the locker room and everything else. But I, I, I think they've done a pretty good job bringing up some young guys through the system. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you look at the amount of money he makes, unless he's going to play for less money, Mm-hmm. And you know Drew Rosenhaus is gonna—he's I mean, gonna let the market speak. I, I know Drew well, and and Drew's Drew comes in here, you know, during the off season, during the summer, trying to get a contract. Well, you know, I'm gonna say uh, no. I think we'll wait. <laughs> and now, now you you could see him get, <clears throat> excuse me, some decent money in the marketplace next year in free agency. But you can also see him come back here in a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. Based on what you have seen from Hicks, uh, do you agree with Adeptus that Hicks is fading and it's painful to see because he's a fan? I, for- I think he's played pretty good so far this year. Okay. I really do. I mean, he, he, he's he been a force, but he does get hurt a lot, mm-hmm. and he misses a lot of practice time. Mm-hmm. The same with Khalil. Khalil gets hurt. Now, Khalil's that, – there's one of the things I wanted to bring up. I, I saw a tweet during the week. Somebody said they paid too much for Khalil Mack. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if you saw my reply to that. I missed that one. Are they fucking kidding? <laughs> <laughs> you swore, Greg? <laughs> yeah. I spelled it F V C K I N G. Good for you. 
so you think that contract uh, is justified? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You always got to know where where Khalil Mack is. Yeah. Absolutely. And you game plan to where Khalil Mack is. Right. And he's always getting double. Now, who's playing really good? As good as I thought he was going to play last year, like he's playing so far this year. Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn is having a hell of a year so far. Yep. It was interesting after the game yesterday, he told the media that last season he was having problems off the field as well as on the field. And he sought help from uh, friends and family and a spiritual advisor. And he got his stuff together off the field. And he said that's probably the biggest difference when he was asked by Jason Leisure, what is different this year? Are you healthier or whatever? But he 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 basically attributed it to to issues that he was having off the field that took his mind off the game. So it's good to see him totally focused. I'll tell you this. He during the warm-ups, I was watching him and he was doing some uh calisthenics and, and stuff that he looked like a 25-year-old. I mean, this and the explosion and his get off off the line of scrimmage during the game was very, very impressive. Robert Quinn, good for you. Well, how about this? You got a family thing going on here now. Mm-hmm. His younger sister won a gold medal in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, you got to keep you got to keep up with the siblings now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that, that that is a good point. <laughs> Michael, don't Diaz. think for a second that competitive nature isn't part of it. <laughs> Absolutely, Michael Diaz says thank you for that, Greg. Khalil Mack is the truth. Yes, because there's been a lot of debate among Bears fans about Khalil Mack's performance. You know, the expectation is is because you have one of the greatest or uh, biggest contracts in the NFL that you should be delivering. Well, it was. It's it's now – I mean, it's still – up near the top, but there's people who surpassed him since then. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the other thing I, I, I'd love uh, to get your opinion on is Sean Desai's uh, defensive strategy and play calling. I, I, I have to, you know, after a rough week one, uh, you know, on the road against the Rams, real tough assignment. Since then, I mean, the guy has been almost flawless based on my amateur eyes. No, I, I, you know, it's, it, to me, it's very similar to Vic Mm -hmm. and it's almost, you know, Vic, you could say had a bend, don't break. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and that's, they're similar. I I think they call similar type defensive plays. Of course, you're going to, you're going to get some breakdowns and they had a breakdown on a touchdown yesterday. They had some breakdowns, you know, in, in the first week, but part of that is, is, the players getting used to Sean, Sean getting used to the players. And now you're, you know, you're playing with a backup at, at the safety position and mm-hmm. Dion Bush in, instead of uh, Gibson in there. And speaking of Gibson, how about the younger Gibson? Yeah. How about you? Your guy. You're <laughs> one of my guys. Um, playing off. Double nine, 99. He really uh, wore that number uh, well uh, yesterday. Outstanding. And he's played well all season, and, and yeah. season, as you pointed out. So, yeah, that, that is a fine, a, I think, a fifth round. Fifth rounder, I think, yeah. So, again, pace uh, a nice job with those middle-round draft picks. The other thing um, uh, I was going to ask you about is, you know, Sean Desai, just like Vic Fangio, is known for – coming up with innovative ways uh, uh, to confuse quarterbacks in the defensive secondary. Now, Mike, 
Pettin came over from the Green Bay Packers, and his reputation was that he came up with innovative ways to pressure the quarterback, exotic schemes. I remember Aaron Rodgers saying, Pettin in practice is throwing guys at me that I've never seen come from different angles and that I'm, I don't expect. He does a great job of freeing up players to get to the quarterback. So perhaps Pettin deserves some credit for the resurgence of the defensive line play. Well, you, you got to think, especially because of the inexperience, this is Sean's first year as a coordinator, mm-hmm. that Pettin's involved. But still, the one thing I haven't seen, you saw it week two, didn't see much last week against Cleveland, except the defense actually did play well. Yeah. But I didn't really see it as much yesterday, <clears throat> was a lot of blitzing. There was some, but a lot of times they were they were rushing with four mm-hmm. and and playing coverage. Right. Which is the preferable way in today's NFL because it's such a passing league you, and people are uh, quarterbacks are getting rid of the ball so quickly. You want as many people in the defensive backfield as possible to disrupt passing lanes and make it more difficult. Uh, it's hard to get sacks in today's NFL. I mean, quarterback pressures and quarterback hurries are almost just as valuable as a sack. Am I wrong or am I right? Well, you know, the the short passing game is an extension of the run game. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, that's what Kansas City believes in. They do a lot of these short passing games. If you can get four and five and, and six out of these short passes on, on an early down, mm-hmm. you're ahead of the sticks right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, it it helps your play calling for the rest of the series. Absolutely. Uh, A lot of talk in the chat room about Cole Komet. What is happening with Cole Komet? Is it uh, a a regression or just slow development? Is he playing well? None of the the above. Like I mentioned on some of those plays where he was wide open Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the ball went somewhere else. Yep. You know, and, 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 and Nagy said it too. He goes, oh, he threw the ball 19 times. Right, right. Okay, well, and you've got, you know, running back in there. You've got three or four wide outside. There's only so many touches you can have. Right. Okay, but he was – there was at least three that I can think of where the ball was thrown to somebody else and he was wide open and one where he should have had the ball thrown to him. Because it got broken up going to the other guy. Yep. I and uh and on the Bear Truth show where uh one of your former students, Danny Shimon, who co who hosts uh Bear Truth, he broke down some of the film and uh on at least three plays there was Cole Komet uh wide open and fields this is against the Cleveland game, uh against a, a Cleveland he chose not to go to Comet. And so yesterday, from my vantage point, there was at least two plays where I saw Comet uh, wide open and Fields chose not to. So I don't think this is necessarily uh, Comet's, uh issue. I, I, I think it's just going to take some while for chemistry to develop between Fields. Right. No, that's exactly what it is. And it, it gets back to the one thing I've been saying for weeks, the experience or lack thereof. Mm-hmm of Justin Fields Mm -hmm. when he's in the game. Right. And uh, Fields talked about the experience that he has with Darnell Mooney, that after practice, the two of them stay together and practice deep routes. And so that chemistry between the two of them was certainly evident against the Lions. It was a thing of beauty. But then you get a tendency of relying on a guy too much. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Okay. And and I'm not trying to rock the boat here, although I'm sure. just trying to, you know, like um, the interception where mm -hmm. he, 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 and granted, if he had gotten the ball out of his hand a split second earlier, it would have been a completion instead of an interception. But you can have a tendency to force the ball when you got too much of a feel good. You you have a tendency to force the ball a little bit. Now I'm glad that he he got the ball to a Rob more, mm -hmm. and you know there's a couple catches by a Rob that were just outrageous. They were so good. Yeah. Does the fact that Fields uh, um, didn't have many reps with the number ones in preseason and was the head of the scout team for the first two weeks of the season, could that be a reason why he has been slow to develop uh, a, a chemistry with some players like Cole Komet? Um, yeah, yes and no, because you still got reps mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. the ones, not – the amount of reps that Andy Dalton got. Right. But he still got reps mm -hmm. and he's still watching what's being called and watching the play. And they're also watching tapes. So, you know, who's open and you know, who's not open mm -hmm. on each given play. So, um, but it, I, I, I can't emphasize enough. It's the experience factor. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, and being, and, and, you know, people could take this the wrong way, but because people could say, well, then he should be playing more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But at the same time, they're trying to win games. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to go back, Mahomes played, he's already played more than Mahomes did. Yeah, that's right. As a rookie. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Aaron Rodgers didn't play for three freaking years. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yep. Very, very true. <laughs> and then, you know, it wasn't until yesterday that the kid in New York finally won a game. Mm -hmm. You know, he he was horrible the first three weeks. Mm -hmm. And Trevor Lawrence, he still hasn't won. Yeah, that's right. Um, Adeptus is asking, did I see the Wildcat play with Fields lined up wide? Fields actually had a good release and looked like he was going to run a go route. So different from Smoking Jay. You know what? I, I did see that play. I had a great viewpoint of uh, Justin Fields from my vantage point. He was lined up to the left one-on-one, uh, -on -one, and I was thinking to myself, holy cow, are they going to send him deep for a pass? I'd love to see him use that way for a play with that 4-4 speed. Greg, you have any anticipation we might see uh, Justin Fields go deep for a, a pass reception? <laughs> Montgomery was a quarterback in high school. Oh, look at that. <laughs> I love it. You well, didn't know that? No, I forgot, I guess. I, I'm going to say no because I don't recall. Yeah, he was a high school quarterback. Walter Payton threw a couple of touchdown passes, if I recall correctly. Now, whether he's got an arm to do that. Yeah. And now, now the one play they used the Wildcat, he got, what, 10, 12 yards on it mm -hmm. going around the right side. Yeah. Um, but yeah. part of the, the value of that is that, you know, you're, wa you're watching the film mm -hmm. and you're seeing how the defense reacts to everybody. Yeah. So you had – Williams was in there. The quarterback was, was basically Montgomery. And then Justin Fields was split wide. Now, depending – now, the other teams are going to see that too, that he, he got open going deep. Mm -hmm. Montgomery didn't even look as if he wanted to throw the ball. Yeah, he didn't. But yeah. you can do like some play action off that and then throw. Right. 
Um, I think it's uh, Mule says that Khalil Herbert actually threw the ball in college. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I was actually going to pick it up because I do vaguely remember that Khalil Herbert had some uh, uh, quarterbacking experience, whether he just threw a few passes in a game or maybe it was in high school. That I that part I don't recall. Yeah, uh, I don't think he did at Kansas. He may have at Virginia Tech, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but he he was playing in a rotational role when he was at Kansas. That's one of the reasons he left. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, what, uh, uh, anything else regarding the defense? Because, uh, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, the defenses look good, but th- they're not going to be able to sustain it because of the age of the defense and some of the players. I mean, that's, I think that's ridiculous. You probably shouldn't even talk about that, but any other concerns about this defense that you have? Well, because- I, I think there's some inconsistency still. Yeah. And, and part of that is it's still, only four games into Sean Desai's tenure as a, as a coordinator. Mm-hmm. And he'll get better as he gains more experience. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Bad allergy day again. Yeah, I, I am uh, with you. I've had that issue too. So, um, But if, if, if you watch the game closely mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In, the, in the – between the outside backers and the defensive line, there's a lot of rotation going on. Mm. You know, Gibson played a lot, mm-hmm. and Ochu played a lot. All the defensive linemen played a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, so now it doesn't become as big an issue because, you know, like a, a 33-year-old Akeem Hicks or 32-year-old Akeem Hicks on a day when he's healthy, mm-hmm. he's not playing 60 snaps. Mm-hmm. He might be playing 30. Right, right. Tony, the pod boss, uh, we talked about Travis Gibson a little bit earlier. That's uh, Greg's guy. But overall, what what ha- what can you share with your followers here about Travis Gibson? What is it that you like about him so much? Everything. He's he's big. He's strong. He runs well. He ran in the four sixes at the combine. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he um, – his strength, I think he was 26 reps when he was at the combine, which equates to a little over 400 pound bench. He, he needed to tighten up his body a little bit though, mm-hmm. which he did. He's learned how to use his hands better. He goes all out. I, I see a bright future. He's going to be a starter down the road. Mm. Uh, Tony uh, is saying, get a Hall's mental lipness. <laughs> He's, no, I'm going to have, well, you know what some of my issues are, oh, yeah. and I'm going to have a coughing fit pretty soon. So, All right. Well, uh, let me know. And Well, we're close to uh, done here, so maybe we can <laughs> call it a show before you have that coughing fit. But uh, Adeptus, who deserves credit here as an associate producer at the barroom, uh, says he did a stat check, and Khalil Herbert did have one passing attempt in 2018 – but that okay. for college. Well, so. he was a he was at Kansas, and that would have been his um, sophomore year at Kansas. Sophomore year. There you go. Um, all right. So uh, Notre Dame. Uh, I'm out. Uh, busy, and so I didn't get a chance to see their play against Cincinnati. And then late Saturday night, I read the headline: Cincinnati beats Notre Dame. Tell me what happened. T- please tell well, me. Well, first news. of all, Notre Dame gets the ball. Goes downfield, has a chance to score, and they throw an interception in the red zone. Ouch. Okay, and had you had they scored there, mm-hmm. it it 
might have been a little bit of a different story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the game was a little bit closer than – it was turnovers. Notre Dame had two turnovers in the first half that led to 14 points, and actually back-to-back turnovers. Mm-hmm. So that led to 14 points by Cincinnati. And uh, that, that hurt them. Then they were playing from behind. I think they're going to change their quarterback. Cone just – you know, he has to have a clean pocket. And they don't have a strong enough offensive line for him to have a clean pocket. Um, the sophomore uh, came in, played a lot better, and he gets the ball out of his hand a lot more quickly. Mm. Uh, can extend plays with his feet. So I, I, I think he'll be the quarterback this week. His name is Pine. So for those of you who don't know, uh, Greg has been watching these Notre Dames because he's on assignment for the East-West Shrine game. And uh, so do you fill out a scouting report of these players that you're out there uh, looking at? Yeah, I go like this. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. That is great. <laughs> now, those, those can be the best scouting reports. Who needs to read a thousand words? I mean, when you were actually out on the road doing scouting reports, how many words would you write? Like 4,000 words on a player or was it just? No, I, well, you have a set form. Okay. Okay, and then it's when I was in New York, they were kind of lengthy, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of redundancy. What you had up here, you had here, and you had here. It's like, why am I writing the same thing three and four times? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> when I came here, we we caught a lot of that out, mm-hmm. and it, and it, you know, there's little things you had to write, and some of the top things, you know, under. Um, you had to write a lot for character because yeah. that that's very important. Yeah. But, you know, under quabs, strength and explosion, competitiveness, you know, you'd write little one-liners, maybe, you know, two sentences. Then you get into the body of the report and then you're, you're I like to call it, you're painting a picture. Okay. Okay. So that the, the reader can understand exactly what I'm, he can picture in his mind. Mm-hmm what I'm trying to say about the player. Mm -hmm. And that's what I always tell young scouts. Yeah. You write a report, think of it as your, your, your painting a picture. Right. And excuse me, you've got to, that picture's got to tell everything about the player, but also in a condensed way. So when you're doing a scouting report now over the phone for a, a college all-star game, are you also providing information about what you've acquired regarding their character, or is that not an issue for, for No, them? it's an issue. It's an all-star game. Right. You're not drafting the guy. You right. want the guy for, for, for one game. Right. So first of all, it, it cuts down your list because unless they change the rule – Mm-hmm. And who knows if they ever are, but juniors in the draft can't play in all-star games. Mm-hmm. The only ones who can are guys who are going to graduate in December. Okay. Yeah. I knew there was some exception for that. Okay. Right. And, and so if you're going to graduate, then they give you a pass and they'll let you pay, but that's less than a handful. Yeah. Okay. But personally, I think the league is, has gone a little too far. I, I got it w- w- when we first put in that rule. Mm-hmm. And at that time, 
you might have had 35 to 40 underclassmen entering a draft every year. Right. Well, you got a hundred more than that now. Wow. Okay. And you look at the the number of players in the draft, it's over half is underclassmen mm-hmm. and on a any given year. And so you're really penalizing that kid from interviews, good view and practice, et cetera, because he is coming out early. Okay. And, and, and part of it had to do they're trying to appease the colleges, keep the kids in school. Yep. Well, guess what? They are, that's not going to – the world's changed. Yep, it sure They're coming has. out, okay? It, right. it changed 10 years ago, and, and you're starting to – you know, you get 100 kids at least, and, and really it's, it's closer to 130 to 150 now. Mm-hmm. It goes up every single year, and I, I think that it, it really hurts the underclassmen a little bit because, and more so, not the practice. It's the chance to be interviewed oh. because you don't have the fifteen-minute time limit at a at a bowl game, right? That you're going to have at the combine, right? Interesting. So you can you can spend some quality time with a kid, and and you know get to know them. If, if there's some off-field issues you want to talk about, you can hit them on that stuff, and you got time to get some decent answers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, remember, remember an offensive guard played for the Bears for a few years out in Nebraska named Slauson? Oh, yeah. Uh, um, what was his name? Uh, was it Greg Slauson? Or... I don't remember what Matt, Matt Slauson. Matt Slauson. Okay. Well, Matt had some issues when he was at – Nebraska, I think it was. He originally went to the Air Force Academy and left. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he had some issues. And he was at, I believe it was the East West game. Mm-hmm. And that time it was in Texas. We had him up in my room, you could say an hour and a half, mm-hmm. talking to him about a lot of things. And, you know, the Bears never drafted, got drafted, but they, they got him as a free agent later on. Mm-hmm. But that conversation then, and the area scout was in the room with me, so it became invaluable to you. Okay, so you can't have that with an underclassman. He, right. he doesn't have that opportunity. That's the young man, isn't it? Yep. Wow. <laughs> He's a scary-looking guy. <laughs> Big dude. <laughs> That's why they need scouts like you. Aren't going to be scared to have the one-on-one conversations with guys. No, you, don't, you don't worry about it. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, all right. I want to finish the show by getting your uh, thoughts on this Bears-Raiders game, going into the hostile environment. Hopefully lots of Bears fans to diffuse that hostility, but it's still going to be a huge, big stage. For the quarterback, and who will like it will likely be be Justin Fields. I hate to ask you for predictions, you know. I, I, well, I, I, you know what? In, in all honesty, I I want to see what happens tonight. Yeah. Okay. First. Okay. How are, are the Raiders? The Raiders have been lucky a little bit. They haven't lost a game yet, but mm-hmm. they've had some luck. Right. And I I don't think they're as good as their their record mm-hmm. states. But mm-hmm. I, I, I want to watch tonight's game closely, get a good look. And, and who knows? They they could lose somebody big in, in, to an injury tonight. Right. 
Uh, well, uh, and I would never wish an injury on any player, but if there was going to be a player, <laughs> that tight end that they have, Darren Waller, I wouldn't mind him taking a week off. <laughs> uh, he's, he's, he's phenomenal. He's a, he's a big-time playmaker. And Carr, I think, is well, – I love Carr coming out. Mm-hmm. And I think he's one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with Everybody you. wants to trade him, except in reality, they're never going to trade his ass. Yeah, are you are you uh, uh, friends with Mike Mayock, the general manager about the Raiders? Do yeah, you I, 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 I'm not going to say we're friends; we're acquaintances. Mm-hmm. We used to, um, in fact, when he was working for the NFL Network, we talked a lot. Okay, you know, I I talked to him, I talked to Kuiper, um, I talked to other guys that were involved just to pick their brain to see what they're hearing. Because mm-hmm. it's all about, you know, trying to get as much information as you can get. Mm-hmm. And so, and and Mike was pretty good with giving out information. He had a lot of good. The one thing I'll say about Mike when, when he was working as a draft analyst is he did the work. Mm. He did more film work than any of those other guys put together. Mm-hmm. He, he loves that. He, uh, I, I've heard him talk a number of times. I'm a fan of his, and he loves put that to put that time that uh, film time in. Uh, somebody's got a question here that I'd like you to tackle. Uh, the factor says, are the Raiders better now than in 2019? In 2019, the Raiders were 7-9 and nine and had improved from a 4-12 and uh, 12 record, I believe. I, I, my my opinion, I know he's asking yours, but my opinion is that the Raiders are, you know, slowly making some progress, but they're still not a true Super Bowl contender. I don't uh, think they're a Super Bowl contender, but they, they are. They haven't lost a game. Right. I think they're, you know, we're just praising Mike, but I think his drafts have been very average. Yeah. That's when, you, when you look at the number of guys they've cut mm-hmm. or gotten rid of. Yeah. You know, the, the, uh, because they just didn't pan out, mm-hmm. and and part of that is not doing enough background on the player, right? Well, and, and the, really and really finding out how he ticks. And the Athletic reported that the Raiders had reached out to the Bears about reacquiring Khalil Mack. And I don't know if that's an accurate report or not, but I could see that because I think now that now John Gruden is at a point in his career with the Raiders where he he needs to win. And so he probably wants veterans as opposed to draft picks. What do you think? Well, I mean, that he's got a 10-year contract, so he's getting paid forever anyway. Right. Um, but he, he, he hit the lottery when he signed that contract. He sure did, man. <laughs> but – at the same time, the Bears can't trade Khalil Mack mm-hmm. because they've restructured him a couple times yeah. and turned salary into bonus. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the cap hit would be just too huge right, to right. even think about doing it. Final question, I promise. Isn't it? Uh, I've always thought that it's around week three, four, five, where you really start to get a determination as to what this team really is. So that, yeah, in the second half of the season, teams can get hot and and play better as the season goes on. But it's around this type of the season where you start to say, okay, this team is this. They're a 500 team. Or this team really has the soldiers to to go. And I apologize for using the military reference. Um, This team really has the players to, you know, go out and, and succeed. Uh, am 
I right on that, or or am I totally bonkers as usual? <laughs> oh, I, I I think you can be right, but then look at the Bears last year. Yeah, Didn't they start off five and one or something. But I I knew that that record was not sustainable because of certain issues with that team. I thought that was kind of a the, like the Raiders this year. They the the Bears got some lucky breaks in that five and one start. No question, but they still went five and one. Yeah, but they had. You know, they had injuries along the offensive line. They had uh, opt-outs, guys like Eddie Goldman. You had some injuries on the defensive side. So it just didn't play out, you know, the way you had hoped. And mm-hmm. end up, they still got in the playoffs, and they got in the playoffs because they had an extra playoff team. But that doesn't matter. You still got in the playoffs. Absolutely. I'll take it any yeah, that, way. That, that, that's an extra paycheck. That's all mm-hmm. I know. Uh, so, that's the, the worst five and one team by DVOA, and I, that analytic, I just can't grasp it. I was terrible in math and science and so forth. I just can't grasp. What's it. DVOA? <laughs> Greg can't grasp it either. <laughs> it's some statistic that I think your old buddy, um, uh, what's his name, the the guy down south, uh, Shanka. Did, didn't Shanka come oh, up with that? He might have, but Shanka's out in Iowa. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Why doesn't he return my calls? No, I'm just kidding. Well, he, um, he, he lives half the year now in Arizona out in Phoenix. That's yeah. probably what I was thinking. Anyway, DVOA, Adeptus, we'll have to have you on the show once. You that sounds it. like a dead dead on arrival thing, but then I don't know what the V. <laughs> That's right. Dead. What's the V mean? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, but maybe Adeptus can come on one day on one of our barroom shows and, and teach me what DVOA means because I've tried to study it, you know, and I just don't get it at all. Nonetheless, um, Greg Gabriel, you are again uh, teaching and uh, advising and doing all the great things that we are very appreciative here at the barroom. Um, I'm going to let you go and just let people know about a few programming notes and we'll be back here uh, next week's game is the Monday night game, right? So we will. Is, is the, the the Raider game is a Monday night? I thought so. No, it's the it's the afternoon game. It's on the late it's the late afternoon game on right. on the three thirty game here at three twenty five or something. Right. So you and I uh, will be back here next week, same time, same channel, and I uh, really appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, bro. See you later. All right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. All right. Um, I just want to let people know what the heck we're doing here <laughs> over the next couple of days. Um, Dan and Aldo, uh, for those of you who missed our special program, uh, the, we Dan and, and I went to the Bears game yesterday, and at 10 p.m. we did a, a show sharing our first impressions of the game. We're going to have a fresh show for you tomorrow night. and But prior to that, we're going to have our new show, which a lot of people are really, really sending me kind – uh, uh, comments about it is the bear debate, the bear debate, where Tyler Ellis and John Buffon debate on uh, ten topics that I choose, and that's a really cool, fast-paced show and lots, lots of talk on that. And then on Wednesday on Buffon Fifty Five, we've got a really cool guest. Uh, uh, this guy is the host of Lockdown Bears, and he goes by the moniker Your Boy Q. This guy, he was on two years ago. We were previewing that London game, and I sent him a message afterwards and said, man, I've been producing for decades, and I know talent when I hear it. You are a very very talented guy. Uh, It's the way he shares his football knowledge. Uh, He's funny and and so forth. So 
Tune in for that show uh, Wednesday at 7 p.m. Your boy Q is going to give us the lowdown on the Raiders, all the latest news and information on them. And then uh, Buffon does his five questions, five rants. Uh, and then there's an open discussion afterwards. So that's our Bears content for the next few days. But we've got tons of other stuff going on. We've got baseball going on tonight. The uh, South Burbs Hitman will be on. We've got a new episode, hopefully coming out sure uh, soon uh, of Past the Mic. We've been having some connectivity issues with a, a guest, but once we get that uh, solved, we should be good to go. And we will be premiering a new show that is not sports-related. It's about science fiction movies and TV shows. It's called Science Fiction, And so that is going to be hitting your YouTube channel right here in the Barroom Network very, very soon. And I'd love for you guys who are interested in science fiction movies to let me know what you think of the show. Uh, so the premiere of that show is later this week. Adetta says, I, uh, oh, wait a minute. Did he say something else regarding DVOA? All right, so he says, Adeptus says, I only like DVOA because it often affirms what I casually observe. I'm the same way with stats and anything else that confirms how I feel. My biases, I, I'm going to share that. Adeptus goes on to say, I don't have the time to watch the entire league, so it helps me keep track of what's normal or expected in the NFL and compare. That sounds good. I'm going to do some more studying on DVOA. OA. I would love to be an expert on it because I, I hear a lot of smart people rely on that uh, uh, analytic, uh, but I just I just can't grasp what it means. Uh, so maybe I need somebody to explain it to me because when I read it, it's all mumbo jumbo. Nonetheless, that is our show for today. I uh, really appreciate uh, everyone tuning in. And if you get a chance and need to buy some t-shirts and some caps and so forth and help out the bar room, where you go is deep dish tees.com that's t-e-e-s deep dish tees.com and you can forward slash barroom to go straight to our segment or just look around the entire shop and uh and buy some some of the cool stuff there that, that shop is run by mike schaefer who is a great great chicago sports fan all righty it is time to say goodbye i uh man i wish i could do this 24 7 just stay up all night and talk sports with with uh with everyone but then again you'd be bored of this ugly face of mine so we won't do that <laughs> we'll see you next time take care everybody